Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the Red Men TV podcast. We are right slap bang in the middle of pre-season, apparently, um, given that we were, it hadn't even started last week, but here we go, we're right in the middle of it. Um, I'm your host Paul Machen, I'm joined by Ben Kelly, by John Machen, and the returning superstar, the man, the legend, Chris Machen. Yeah. Mate, it's been like a month since we've done a show together. <laughs> yeah, it's madness. It's madness. Yeah, it's very weird indeed. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the new world order, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are going to be diving into some Liverpool topics. We're going to be talking about the first preseason game. We're obviously, we're going live with this right now. So if you join us live, you can interact with us in the comments. Uh, if you're a Redman member, you can use those custom emotes and there's a few other benefits, which I will explain to you in a little bit. Um, but yes, know that if you're watching this from like six. 6pm on Tuesday onwards. Yes, we, we, this is before the second pre-season game, hence the middle. It doesn't matter that much. Um, right, the, the kick-off question uh, comes from uh, Donkey Jag. Um, I, I, I did copy and paste that straight in. I didn't pre-read that. And then when I went to read it, I was like, is there something hidden in this name? It doesn't appear to be. I've said it. I think we're okay. Um, if you could select one LFC player to be Prime Minister... Who would it be and why, Mr. Chris Pajak? I really wish I'd have looked at this one. I really wish I'd looked at all the questions now. Um, I'm going to go with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Okay. I think we just need more scousers in power. Yeah, yeah. Just generally speaking, like, you know, you don't get enough scousers on the telly box or anything, yeah. do you? Like Jamie Carragher is the the outlander, uh, the outlier, isn't he? There. And yeah. so for me, I, I want a scouse prime minister. I want someone who's going to think about our city first and foremost, and then sort the rest of them out. You know what I mean? But ultimately, we need to sort Liverpool out, and to do that, we need a scouse prime minister, Trent Alexander Arnold, for scouse prime minister. Absolutely. I, I'm not sure he's got the swagger for it. Maybe like a, him and him and Curtis set a partnership, prime ministerial partnership. I know there's no great. Well, you take it <laughs> yeah. we've got options there I, uh, yeah, I, I mean the only issue is that if Imo Curtis did it I would have to have to make sure they learned how to say as well first before they did before they infect the entire well. nation with as well um, which is insane um, right Dad, who would you be who would you be having as your Liverpool player Prime Minister um, well, I can't take the op- I must take the opportunity to say that anyone would do a better job than it's currently being done Yes, um, I'll toy with the idea of Ox because he's so articulate. Yeah. But in the end, I think I'd go with Robbo. A nice oh, little Scott who can put everyone in their place. Yeah. Keep the union together because, um, you know, he's Scottish. And I think that would be, be a good guy. 
And if he fucks everything up catastrophically, we can be remem- reminded that he's Scottish and not English as well, like Andy Murray. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, 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 he plays on the left as well, so that's good. <laughs> Getting a Scot in, a, like a left, yeah, a lefty Scot. It might be the only thing that say that saves this country. Think yeah. of the amount of Tories that would rattle. That would be oh. amazing, wouldn't it? Just think <laughs> about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, he'd, and he'd tell everybody to piss off if he needed to. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? He's, he's, he's fearless, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, ben? I'd love to look at his expenses and just see Iron Brew and battered Mars bars <laughs> everywhere on his expenses <laughs> for me. Swear yeah. sausages. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder whether James Milner's shouting at Simicus the other day was his party political broadcast. Yeah. yeah. The job. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to hear them say "fuck off, fuck off, Bojo." <laughs> um, we'd be we'd be absolutely fine. Ben, are you picking? Um, for some reason, I, obviously, I haven't seen the question either. I, I just can't get the image of Joel Matip stood in the uh, stood in number ten out of my head. I just, it just a tall, gangly guy, a bit goofy, but not as goofy as Boris Johnson, and just in, in, him in a suit, just sort of giving us facts on coconuts as we saw on that advert a few months back. I think that, um, I think that, as John says, I think that's a much better job than what's being done at the moment. And I, I'd, I'd go for that. I'd vote for that. I like the idea of like every time he steps on stage, they have to readjust the camera, you know, because he's just there. He just walks in and he's just cut off here every single time. So he comes up, they raise it up, and then he just goes like, "Hi." Um, yeah, I, I the, the immediate the immediate shout was for me was a go to someone like James Milner actually stuck out to me straight off the bat, but he would just he's just it's not charismatic enough in his own way, but he would have a I think. He was following He's a bit Keir Starmer. I was just thinking that, John. He absolutely is. Yeah, he would be a good. Look, he, again, if if we wanted if we wanted to get Labour in power, James Milner would be the right way to go about doing it because you know, look, he's he, he's white and English. He's very white and English for a start, which means that you know, there's a lot of people who might will win over with that. But also, yeah, he's not got enough charisma, or you know, to really truly, you know, to stare to stare or row people up enough in a way. And he's look, he's smart and he's experienced and he's hard work and he's all he's got all the right kind of characteristics you, you want for all, for all of that kind of stuff like but i think what you need as well is i think you need to have a little bit more ab- about you you know visually and that in that instance i would step up to hendo i mean talk about completing your career i think you just you know i think he's gonna go he'll win sports personality of the year and then go and be prime minister i think that'll be absolutely a, a, a splendid will do you reckon he'll win sports personality of the year? I probably not now, but I, I think I think if it had been like six months ago, I think he I think he might have done. Um, I think if it had been six months ago, it would have been Captain Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. It was the only fucking sport going on at one point. He was the only person in the running. Yeah, definitely. In the running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, okay. Um we are going to plough on with the podcast. Thanks to everyone who's joined us uh, again live on YouTube with this right now. If you listen after the fact, you're great too. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, we, uh, I will remind those of you alive though, yeah, you can join up to Red Men TV memberships on YouTube. It's very, you know, basically similar to what we do on the redmentv.com you know it's a membership scheme which helps you support what we do uh, but you get it on YouTube as you get access to custom remotes to use in our live streams and for tier 2 and tier 3 which is club captain and club legend I'm gonna, uh, uh, for the visual use I'm going to stop pulling a face whenever I do that because I do know the answer and like, I'm, like I'm trying to script out from my memory somewhere club captain and club legend levels get access to additional 
content you get the red transfer roundup show uh, which we're recording later today uh, we got last week's one there for you as well so you get additional bonus content for you and you get to support all we do you're wonderful for doing just that uh, and we will we have got a season documentary which we will be plugging a little bit later in the show as well um okay i want to kick things off on to about pre-season um dad we were having a little chat about this yesterday so i thought it was interesting enough to kind of take to the group as it were but uh, one thing i said was it was so weird to watch a Liverpool pre-season game where we had all our best lads pretty much on the pitch, you know, with obvious exceptions to injury and what have you, but we started Mohamed Salah, Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane in the first pre-season game. Normally, we're watching cobble together teams with and going, oh, is this going to be Ryan Kent's year? Um, to actually see Liverpool put out a good team and have them be good was actually a really pleasant way to start pre-season, as it were. Yeah, well, I was actually quite surprised. I mean, it, it's it's un, unprecedented, isn't it? Um, though, and it's a pity you couldn't really see it, could you? You know, you had a Klopp's eye view of the game, which yeah. how they cope with that, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, um, I suppose it just shows how close we are to playing playing proper games. You know, we've got a, a game against Arsenal next week, which clearly you'll want to win, regardless. It's a trophy. Yeah, um, it's it, it's it's still a preseason friendly, but still it's it's it, you you don't want to be playing your reserves against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So you know we're we're up and at it already. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Course, as I say, he's, he's sprung a surprise and threw the eighteen-year-old centre back on at the end, just to confuse me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, it was it was just a bizarre bizarre world, wasn't it? But really comforting. I think by last pre-season we were all a little bit stressed out by Liverpool's actions and what have you because we didn't see the front three I mean Mane doesn't even come back till the season starts you know it wasn't until we played Leon where Bobby and Salah came back that everyone went oh actually actually it's fine that, that's cut away all of that this time around yeah yeah um obviously yeah, I was surprised on on what day was it what a day we on we're on Tuesday it was Sunday wasn't it Saturday it was one of those days. Anyway, um, you know, when when you see the you see the team and it's sort of it is an eyebrow raiser, isn't it? You know, seeing all seeing all the top lads play, um, and th- but then obviously what that means is that you're guaranteed seeing the likes of like Minamino and obviously the new fellow in the second half as well because you know and they're they're the ones who are a little bit more interested in the in the narrative if you like in terms of you, know, you want to see how Minamino's. Um, progressed and you want to see what the new lad looks like and obviously 45 minutes each um, is enough to, to sort of get a little taste for that I think obviously we're playing Salzburg today aren't we I think the plan will probably be to give the, the best lads an hour and then you know obviously give maybe swap it after an hour and, and you know give them a little bit more minutes and then obviously you're straight into Arsenal then on Saturday it's just just relentless isn't it yeah, absolutely, and it's um, it was it was an interesting one for for a player like Kate Jones, for example, Chris, because with no Jordan Henderson and Alex, Alex Oxley Chamberlain, we know he's going to miss all preseason probably the start of the season as well. There's a big chance for Curtis there. You know, all of a sudden a little pathways opened up to him. And I thought it was quite encouraging that he was started in that main team in the first half. Absolutely, and you know, for me, he looked bigger, and it's only been like. 
fucking five weeks or something since the yeah. last time I saw him play football. But he looked yeah. like he was taller. He looked like he was he was thicker, uh, and he looked like he was more almost Premier League ready uh, mm-hmm. for want of a better phrase. And you know, it, it, as you say, it's encouraging that he's in there. He gets an assist as well, doesn't he? For Bobby's goal, I think it's the first one. Kirk gets the assist for. Mm-hmm. So he, he's in and around, and we know that he's got a good chance. And he'll be. He looked. He didn't look like a youngster. That's the that's the biggest credit I can give him. And, and he hasn't done for a while now. He's looked like a first teamer. And maybe he's at that point where I think Kurt Jones naturally in this squad is a squad player. But I think he's striving to be more than that. And I think he's got the ability to be more than that. And I think that, you know, this season is going to be a very big season for him. We obviously saw Rian Brewster go out on loan last season. Kurt stayed around, as did Nico Williams. And for me now, if I'm looking at the three of them, a couple of years ago, you'd said Brewster's going to be the first one into the team. But right now, it looks like Kurt Jones is going to be sub-12 or 13. And, And I think... And that I think there's a, I think there is a route into the side for him. I think he can force his way in. And the injury to Alex Oxley Chamberlain might just be it. That might be a sliding doors moment. I think uh, any young player needs something like that in his career. And it's unfortunate for the likes of Alex Oxley Chamberlain for anybody else. But you need to get into the team somehow, some way. Trent did it with Nathaniel Klein's injury, mm-hmm. and he hasn't given that place up to the point where Nathaniel Klein's left the football club now. It's doggy dog in football, and right now, Kurt Jones is snapping at the heels of the first team. Yeah, and it, it, these moments are important. It's interesting that you see him and he takes the field and he's got his new number. And you're right, I think he looks a bit bigger. I wonder whether everyone looks bigger to that kit. I just wonder whether the way it's cut, it makes everyone just look. Or the angle of the camera, like John was saying. Yeah, you know I mean? low angle. We're, we're not seeing it from miles and miles away on a wide angle lens anymore. Yeah, it's a worm's eye view. We're getting at the, at the pitch there. I, I like the um, the fact that he brings us something totally different. It's, it's, it's got an imagination in his game. And yeah. I love that, that, you know, it's someone who will do something no one else is expecting. Uh, it opens up defences. That, that's, that's worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, and I, I, you, you see how players are primed, don't you, Dad? And there's a, that 17 shirt, you know, you, you just got to rewind, you know, Steve McManaman's number. Ger- did Gerard wear 17 for a bit as well? You know, there's... <laughs> Whether I, I think he's the kind of lad who has that stuff in his head, you know, he's always been very, very confident, and it's sometimes you need, you just need opportunity to present itself. I think restart presented him with an opportunity that he probably wouldn't have had otherwise. I think he took that really, really well. And now, you know, having had that, we talked about how that restart might benefit those young lads. Well, we might get to see it firsthand because okay, look, Genie Wan Aldum's there, so Genie and Nabby are probably still Genie and Nabby Fabinho is probably still our first choice midfield three but Kurt has got you know uh, he's got another week he's got the community shield as well and you might well see by the time the season kicks off if not the opener against Leeds certainly in the first three games of the season I wouldn't be surprised to see Curtis Jones starting a game for us in the Premier League I would I, I, I would, you know, and, and for all I've just said about Kurt Jones knocking on the door and stuff, I think this this preseason is just so different to anything we've seen before. It's uncharted territories, isn't it? And you know, I, I think he deserves a start if he gets one in the first three. But I think Klopp's going to try and put a marker down very, very early this season, just like last season. Mm-hmm. It's almost best team for as long as you can. Now, I don't know how long that that is. I think it's shorter than normal. You know, normally you might get 10, 12 games. I think you're going to have to start rotating a little bit earlier than that. But certainly first three, I think I, I would I would be slightly surprised. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I would be surprised. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ben? The, the, I, think, I think the problem with that is, uh, well, I agree in the sense he's going to have to start rotating early because obviously the way it's going to work is when the, particularly when the European games kick in, it is that there's a European game every week. 
So, so the, suddenly then, obviously, you you want to make sure. I'm, I don't know when the Champions League draw is, but obviously, you need to make sure you get through that because you can still get the likes of Barcelona and Borussia Dortmund in your group, <laughs> even though we're in pot one. Um, so you need to make sure you're getting through that. But I, I think actually at the moment, in terms of squad depth and midfield, I think Liverpool are probably best set in the whole of the league. You know, especially given that Silva's just left Manchester City and mm-hmm. Fernandinho's aging. I mean, how many how many quality midfielders at the moment? You know, if you take if you take the hot side chairman when he's fit. You know, at the moment, you, you what we've, put, we've got at least six quality midfielders if you count Jones as well. Mm-hmm. So I think we're really you know we're really well stocked in that area. And then you've got obviously. You arguably got the, the the addition of Thiago coming in, or we don't know exactly what's going on there. He's um, coming in. He's coming in. Oh, I'm now. I'm having it. I'm <laughs> having him. Um, but but what I mean is, when you're looking at the the second string midfield, if you like, Curtis Jones is as you say, he's not out of place there. So when we do start rotating, and those those um, choices have to be made by Klopp, and you know suddenly it comes to a Saturday, and we've got like Brighton at home, and you know he's he's rotating the midfield, and Curtis Jones is in there, you're not raising an eyebrow, really. You're not going, oh well, I'm not so sure about that because you know he's probably at the level now where if he's making sporadic appearances, then he's going to be fine. And we know, yeah. don't we, with the sorry, Paul. We know with oh. the subs. We know with the subs this season that he's going to make more changes than he has done in the past in game. I think that actually might limit Kurt's starts. Might not limit his minutes too much, but I think it might limit his starts a little bit. Sorry, what do you mean by the subs? So the subs are still five subs, aren't they, this season? No, they've been. Oh, lovely, jubbly. Oh. <laughs> When I know, that's what I thought, yeah. Couple oh, weeks a couple of weeks back now, yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely. You can tell yeah. I haven't been on Twitter since before I went away. It's been <laughs> magic, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think if anyone has benefited from the lockdown, it's Naby. Mm. He's come back in and he's hit the ground running and he looks nailed on for a start with Fabinho. So we're only talking about one place. Yeah. And whether whether you think Ginny can fit that place instead of um, Hendo, I don't know. And that's where Curtis Jones might get his get his place. I suppose you, um, you look at the fix. Look at the, just looking at the fixture run that Liverpool have got. Obviously, we've got the Community Shield on Saturday in Stars, and then you've got the international break. But then Leeds and Chelsea are separated by a week, so you'd imagine we're able to go full strength for that. You've then got a Carabao Cup game. Uh, well, two Carabao Cup games with Arsenal in between, which follows. So it might be a case of you might be you might be dead right there, Chris, and it might be that the team actually he doesn't get a start in the first today. But don't be shocked if well, Kez Jones is a hundred percent nailed on for the first for for the first Carabao Cup appearance. And if we get through that round, the next round is literally the week after. Um, so you know, it's the, the Curtis Jones, James Milner midfield axis is ready to take over take over League Cup football. Did I read somewhere, sorry, that European teams weren't going to be in the League Cup this season, or was that was that idea scrapped? That's that's well, not that's certainly not the case at the moment. Right. Yeah, Champions League then doesn't start till the twentieth of October, so we've got a bit of a, a, a bit of spell. But yeah, it's interesting that do the do the obviously the ones that we've seen from the, from the first preseason games, the centre back thing, Ben and. I wonder whether there was anything to it because we've not seen Liverpool heavily link with any centre-halves although Dejan Lovren's got out um, it was an interesting point on the Reds transfer roundup show last week Sam Walker made this about Nat Phillips he said people are talking about Ben White and people are saying Liverpool need to go and buy Ben White because he had a really good season <laughs> for Leeds in getting promoted um, Nat Phillips it was again, this is Sam's argument not one I think is, is 100% bulletproof but he's just gotten promoted as a centre-half from a second-tier league 
into a top tier. And we're talking about this, you know. Uh, so um, I don't necessarily think now Phillips is, is the answer, but it is telling maybe, maybe, that he stayed on for the full second half, but it was Vandenberg and Kumetio who kind of yeah. got half a half each. Um, yeah, I think I think for Klopp, I think, look, we don't know how much the transfers are being affected by the pandemic, if at all, but I imagine they are. I think Klopp's looking at his centre-back situation. He's going, actually, Virgil's, you know, touch wood, Virgil's pretty solid in terms of injury, his injury record. So, you know, you can you can pretty much count on him, um, you know. And then, OK, Gomez is a bit inconsistent. Matic's a bit inconsistent. But then below that, you've got Fabinho, who can play at centre-back. And then he's, if, he's, if he's happy with what he's seeing from the likes of Matt Phillips, um, I'm still not sold on Van Denberg. Um, but then you've got you've also got um, this Kumetio who seems to have come out of nowhere and is all the rage suddenly. Um, so you know you've got a nice mix of them. Suddenly, if you if you've got you know say Joe Gomez out for a couple of games, then you, you, what I'm saying is the chances of having both Joe Gomez and Matic injured for a sustained long period of time at the same time, he's probably thinking is quite slim. And then if you add Fabinho on top of that, who can play centre back. To have all three of them out at one point for a sustained amount of time, he's probably thinking it's pretty unlikely. So then below that, that's when Nat Phillips steps up. And I yeah. think he's probably happy to take that risk as it stands, given the situation this summer. There's probably, it's probably the most obvious answer, really, isn't it, Dad, in this in this world, is that Ben's right. It, it'll be, Fabinho would play centre-half and probably <coughs> Nat Phillips would play centre-half in that order, actually, before we saw Seth Vandenberg or Billy Cometio. But like, let's use Cometio as an example because, you know, in his, in his quarter of a game cameo, you know, against Stuttgart, I think he did en- enough for everyone. Like, you know, Ben said, he's come out of nowhere almost. 17 years old, just, look, just looks a good, a good, a good player because he's he looks boss for his age. How many of them have we seen in pre-season before and then you don't see them ever again? Yeah, I yeah. mean, the, the worry for me about centre-backs is if you look at us now, Matip's injured and he's injured a lot. Gomez isn't ever injury-free. He's always seems to be picking something up. If Gomez went down this weekend, we're left with Virgil van Dijk and Nat Phillips. Yeah. Now, I'm not just sure that's good enough to yeah. go into a brand new season. And that, it worries me. And Fabinho, I don't want him as a centre back. I don't. I think the odd game, fair enough. Yeah. But I want him as our holding midfield player. Yeah. So you know we're light at, at centre back, and centre backs seem to get injured. Apart from Van Dijk, who's like on a don't say plane. it, don't say it. No, he's just on a different plane. Yeah. You know, centre backs are the most vulnerable. Apart from full backs, actually get injured a lot as well, but. Um, centre backs, we always seem to have centre backs out injured. Yeah. Do you think? Um, I, I'm I'm not saying it is, but do you think this is part of his thinking in terms of the Thiago move? In terms of Thiago can play in the six, and he's thinking he's maybe getting two players for the price of one because if he needs to flush Fabinho back to centre back, then he can put Thiago in the six, and it's not a problem. Yeah, I I, I think that's I I do think that's the thinking on that, and I, because I think we have this notion of like. Like we're going to see Fabinho at centre half. I don't think we really will. You know, like I think it would take exceptional circumstances for us to for for that to happen. I don't think there's going to be a spell of like unless you had a mega injury. There's not likely to be a ten game spell where you're seeing Fabinho playing centre half. Probably, probably, probably. I'm saying this. I've got no idea. This might all be part of a massive. You know, a signing of a Thiago could be a complete revamp of how Liverpool play football. We just don't. We, you just don't know. But. Adding one more player in there gives you players elsewhere. It's like buying buying Simicass gives you Milner back for midfield. 
you know, more than he more than he would. It means all of a sudden he's not using, he's not playing those six games at left back anymore, which means he's more, he's just more available for rotation in the midfield. And that that doesn't sound like much, but it's all there's just the spreadsheets of percentages and, and these all little minutes are being plugged in elsewhere. We probably. You can probably cover it with a clever way rather than rather than anything else. But just on know, the, on I, the I, sorry, mate. I I I don't want to see Fabinho at centre half for a start, and I think it, we might be doing the defenders a bit of a disservice there to suggest that Fabinho can do ten games in in it because the way that Liverpool play this high line that is worked on in training. You know, they have to be perfectly in sync with each other, the two centre-halves, to suggest for a minute that Fabinho can just drop in and do it alongside Virgil van Dijk. I think discredits the defenders, if I'm honest with you. I think they work incredibly hard to play one of the best lines in world football right now. And, you know, they, they have to work on that in training each and every week. Yes, he can do it for the odd game. I'm not suggesting he can't. But I think when you're going into a sustained spell of Premier League, tough Premier League football week in, week out, I want to see a defender in there that's training with the defenders on that type of stuff. Yeah, but if you... So, but, on, but this is the issue we're at at this point, isn't it? Is with, without having signed anyone or without seeing us signing anyone, you're bringing someone who doesn't know how to do that. And I wonder well, at least what, and they've I got the time and the space to develop that part of their game. So if you were to bring a, a £10 million defender in, he's training with the defenders, he's training on the lines, he's training with the centre-halves, he knows what his job is. Fabinho's training as a midfielder each mm-hmm. and every week. You know what I mean? That's my point. Is So So actually, yes, pure ability-wise, Fabinho's probably better than that Phillips. But there is something for knowing the system, having played with the lads, having, having trained with them week in, week out over the course of the last three years, give or take with his low moves and stuff. So I, I'd rather, personally, I'd rather see a defender step in and be the defender. Uh, and especially when we're talking about signing somebody to then free up Fabinho to be a defender. It's like we've literally got a defender there. You don't want to sign a midfielder to free up a midfielder to be a defender. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sign a fucking defender, lads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. But, in fact, yeah, I mean, again, this, these are the weird things. We have this every season where we go, this is madness, what's he doing? Why Why was it? And, and we got, and we can't wrap our heads around it because of our understanding is based on what we've seen so far. I mean, God, remember Chris Three years ago, I remember, I've had a reference to the week, it was like you, me, you and Aubrey doing a show and he couldn't wrap his head around that Milner, Milner was our left-back. Yeah. And it was like, there's no way he's going to play left-back. There's not a chance Milner plays left-back and he played left-back like every game pretty much that, that season. And, and this is not, this is not a ideal world scenario I don't think I think the ideal world was keep Lovren for another year or all told given the current climate well we may have because, seen more in that Phillips than we've we've seen yeah, so far yeah. you know yeah, it's the end of the day, he's had loan spells hasn't he so yeah. you know obviously the, the loan spells are designed for players to go out and get better maybe he's come back a better footballer wouldn't that be a shot you know what I mean it, like, it, certainly, it, it certainly seemed that he did last time Last preseason he came back and he looked a better player than previous as well. Yeah. You just don't know, do you? And this is this is this is why it's it's fascinating about preseason is that we've got our, we we're, we're taking our understandings from last year and the previous year and going this will definitely be what it is. You know, the, the, as I say, you sign Thiago. What what have, all of it? He might the plan might be to go. We've enjoyed Fabinho at play at DM, but actually we're going to play Thiago at DM and Fabinho is going to become a centre become a centre half. It's probably not the case. What? Is but, he, what? Yeah, oh yeah, 
of the year without without fail. Um, yeah, you know, but this is this is this is it, isn't it? Is that I, I don't think you look at Gomez's injury record. He, he he's missed lots of football, but he didn't miss lots of football last season because he was injured. He missed the start. He didn't play a lot the start of the season because he was out of form and he was recovering from injury from the previous season. To be and fair, after like great and Matip did, and you know, and, and, and he, but he didn't do. You know, like Gomez started the season was was poor. Matip came in, then Matip got injured, then Lovren came in and took the place and was really good. And then Gomez eventually gets his place and keeps his place and stays injury free for the whole season. Now you, there's still like there's still that gamble there because it's, it's only a gamble while Matip is out. Um, and it's how many games they'll know. Well, the, again, it's like down to sports science and down to all the experts. At the minute, it, we we are weaker because Dejan Lovren is an international caliber centre half who's not in the squad anymore. Um, and so you're looking at those three other lads who are potential. And Nat Phillips, great. You know, he, he came in, he was fine in the Merseyside derby. He's just had a loan at Stuttgart, which is feels more encouraging when you look at it from that. They've just been promoted to the Bundesliga, so you, that's a that's a, a bit more of an indication of a slightly higher quality than we probably felt when he was on that loan. And then you've got two seventeen-year-old lanky kids who may or may not be capable of doing anything. But equally, who knows? That Billy Cometio looks he looks like a man. He's six foot five. Looks like he's got a good little range of body. Yeah, at this point, you never know. I think, but as, as I say with anything, it's probably not a random thing. It is probably as simple as because Klopp references Fabinho, his reference to Fabinho as a centre half on a number of occasions when he talks about our depth in that position. Um, or maybe maybe it's just Jordan Henderson, right? Jordan, you've, you've whatever it you've had your run, mate. I'm dead sorry, but you know, it's Milner, lads. <laughs> I promise you, you'll be a centre. Are you not going to play left back? I didn't say you weren't going to play centre back. <laughs> I'll play you in the middle, mate. I'll play. I promise. I'll play you in the middle. He's got. Oh, I'm playing centre mid. He's no, no. You play. You play centre. To be fair, that one time we beat Brighton away with Emre Chan and Wijnaldum as part of the back three. So I think we're, we're pretty well set up. I think the disappointing thing, actually, I think the young lads are probably maybe the biggest victims of the pandemic in our squad in terms of you know this this period is their time to really try and shine, isn't it? Normally, you know, the likes of Cometio and Phillips would probably. You know, at the beginning of the year, say when everything was normal, that had been eyeing up this summer as you know, this is the season for me to try and get. In. And suddenly, they've got two games, and you know, Van Den, Paul Van Den didn't last twenty minutes, and he's that's one of his chances gone. Um, I don't, so, I don't, I'm not sure he got hooked there, mate. To be fair, like you know, I think that was a. Also, it was like he's been so poor, he's coming off. I think it's clearly an, a, an effort to get them a bit of game time. But you know, one thing that's interesting because by the time this go, you know, a lot of people are seeing this. We will, I think, we'll have had an end to the question, and the question is. Who is Liverpool's second choice goalkeeper? Because if Loris Carius doesn't play in the um, in the Salzburg game, that there's no chance that he's got any, he's going to have any involvement as a Liverpool first choice goalkeeper this season, uh, which is you know going to make a lot of people feel very very relaxed indeed. Uh, but yeah, we'll know more. Obviously, we will be doing the Reds transfer roundup stuff about the Liverpool stuff off the pitch. That is going to be going uh, live for all YouTube members uh, this afternoon. So again, if you are a club captain or a club legend tier member on YouTube then you can watch that show live and get access to it after the fact as well or if you just uh, uh, subscribe well. to the Redmen TV.com as well uh, if you're <laughs> one of the uh, you're on the Redmen TV.com you get access not just to that but the uh, audio versions of all the subscriber shows and loads of amazing additional content features interviews and our three part 
documentary series is all up live and available to stream right now. We launched it on Friday. Second part was Saturday. Third part was Sunday. Now it's Tuesday. It is all there for you. Uh, we've got a little trailer for you to peruse uh, and see what you feel. And, uh, and then, of course, go and subscribe to redmentv.com to watch. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can get that three-part documentary series now on the redmentv.com. Just go over there and sign up. It is absolutely astounding, astoundingly good work. Uh, and there's loads of brilliant stuff there, including interviews with Liverpool players, past, present, um, and Future. Go on, say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, right. Okay, we're going to get back into some when, of the topics. When when's the Tiago interview coming out, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a couple of uh, just a couple of things in the comments. Ashley Frith upgraded his membership to club captain. Yes, enjoy the Reds transfer roundup. What a superstar! Uh, F Champs says, "Would you take Suarez back on a free?" We will dive into that um, shortly because we're going to have a, a topic about the Barcelona players who are available. Um, but Ben, you want to talk about uh, Phil Coutinho? Yeah, um, I, I, when Bayern Munich won the Champions League on Sunday, and obviously, you know, you look at them all with the trophy. By the way, I thought it was very, very odd seeing a goalkeeper lift the trophy. I thought that was really strange, but, you know, either way. But Coutinho obviously won the Champions League, and I know obviously we've won the Champions League, and we've won the league, and we've won other things since he left, and it's all, you know, it's all been pretty rosy for us. But obviously that is ultimately what he left the club to do, probably not what he had in mind with Bayern Munich, but he wants to do it with Barcelona. But either way... I couldn't help but feel pretty happy for him because he just, you know, after all, I think it helps that we've been successful since he's left. Um, but now, you know, he's gone on and he's he's won a treble and he's won the Champions League and all that. And I just wondered, you know, what were other people's thoughts? I, I, in the end, I was like, yeah, go on, Phil. You know, you do your thing. But, I, yeah. you know, I know some people, some people will be bitter about it and be, you know, still about all the back and all of that stuff. 
Um, but for me, I was just like, I was just happy to see him, you know, do be successful in the end. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree. I saw the photos of him with the, with the European Cup, and he obviously he's had, he's had his part to play in it as well, which is which is a thing. It wasn't like Torres. I think I know Torres had the role to play in Chelsea winning it. I was still a bit bitter about the Torres thing, but I think you're right. I think Liverpool being good. I, I was having this. I was thinking this about like. Man United and Bayern, and Bayern Munich. In fact, the fact that Bayern Munich have, have now won six European Cups, and there's a part of me that a couple of years ago I'd have been a bit annoyed by that. Whereas I'm kind of not anymore because we live in a world where Liverpool could quite easily go to seven. You know, within the next within the next couple of years, we've got as good a chance of adding to that as any club that has on the planet right now. I yeah, if I really thought about it, if I really wanted to be annoyed with Phil Coutinho, it's still there. I could still delve back into it. But I agree. I, I, it was the first time, and we've had this conversation a bazillion times. And whether we dive into it or not, we, we, I'm sure I'm sure it will come up. But I wouldn't be asked. I I, I wouldn't mind having him back now. You know, I, I, I don't know, nothing because like I, I'm all forgiven or whatever. I just care less about all the shit that went before. So yeah, you're right. I was I was quite I was quite happy to see him see him happy. Remember for the good times and yeah, be happy that Liverpool are boss. So nothing else really pains me anymore. John, do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Yeah, no, I'm happy to say I didn't care. There <laughs> um, you go. Didn't really think about him to be honest. Um, yeah. If he'd worn a Liverpool scarf at the end of it, like you know, some of our ex-players have done when they've won the Champions League, and <laughs> maybe sat up and thought, "Oh, that's nice, Phil." But other than that, I didn't really think about him. He's past him. Past him. I'm over him. Yeah. You know, if he came back, fine. I'd, I'd support him again. You know, but as far as I'm concerned, he still always goes to the right and always goes to the right. <laughs> and you know, so. Yeah, I don't. Drop I don't the shoulder, shoots, repeats. Yeah. What I've realised about Phil Coutinho, and I'm very much like John, I didn't really care too much. I mean, if you had to, if you had to push me into how I felt, I'd, there would there would have been a wry smile there for Phil, because he's you know he was he, he gave I think what he gave to the football club was more than what you know happened at the end. And for five years, he was a bit of a model professional for us. Um, and so he had credit in the bank there. I think for me, he's not he's not a first-team Bayern Munich player. He's not a first-team Liverpool player anymore um, because he doesn't work hard enough on the pitch for what those two sides want to achieve. They're the two best sides in world football that pull them Bayern Munich because they work harder than everybody and they've got the skilled players to back it up. Um, so for me, and I've just realised that we're better than him now. And I yeah. think... I think he thought a few years ago that he was better than us and he was wrong and we were right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's that's probably why I can have that little right smile because I know at heart of heart and I know what you're saying there, Paul is right. He did have a little bit of something to say, but he'll have wanted more. He'll have wanted to start that game. He'll have wanted to start against Barcelona. He'll have wanted to be more than just Thomas Muller's backup. Or the, the lad who got out of the team when Thomas Muller came in. The fact of the matter is, he's a squad player for Bayern Munich, and he and as much as he'll have enjoyed winning the European Cup, he will absolutely have preferred to be a, a ninety-minute starter, and he wasn't. Yeah. Um, one one thing I would say about Phil Coutinho is he's proved really that Barca are no longer the team that could just steal all your players because they were that good and it was such a venue and a destination. I think that time's gone and I think Phil Coutinho was the is the living proof. So I like him yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, there you go. Um, Chris, yes. Barcelona's available players. Well, one of them, really. I mean, I put, I put the other three lads there for because they were in the article that I was reading. But let's be honest, every Spanish newspaper, in fact, I think it was, was it uh, one of them had literally said he's already phoned Suarez. Koeman already phoned Suarez and said, you're, you're out. And then every publication picked it up. And now they're all saying that Suarez, Rakitic, Vidal and, and Tito are all, are, are all being shown the door. While Coutinho is being welcomed back with open arms, which is quite interesting. But... Um, look, I'm not really interested whether he's going to take Rakovic, Rakitic, Vidal and Umtiti. I want to know whether he's going to take Suarez back if you can on a free. And, you know, well, can he, would he still, would he still have something in the locker for us at 33 years old? John, I'm going to start with you, mate. Uh, no, I wouldn't have him back. And not because I didn't love the bones of him. And I'd, for a while there, he's one of the three best players in the world. Uh, I still think he's a brilliant forward. His record is absolutely phenomenal. He's up there with, you know, Ronaldo and all the rest of them. But he comes with so much baggage in the English game. They did such a job on him. It's a bit like what they've done with Corbin, you know, all the bad press, everything about him. Uh, and that would just come with him. And I, I just don't think we need it. You know, that's as simple as that. It's not about football. Yeah. It's about everything else. Yeah, I mean, we we did we did this for we did this last week about Suarez, and and I said at the time, like I, I I love him, and I think he he adds he fits in with our squad mentality. I think this notion that he would upset squad Parmenia, I completely disagree with that because he's a lad who goes in and he gives one hundred and ten percent in everything that he does, and I you know when you're looking at like the players that we've got there. Minamino doesn't become a worse player from for playing around Luis Suarez, and Brewster doesn't become a worse player for playing around Luis Suarez. You get better for being around players of that caliber, and the fact that you've got him in a in a in a, in a category of his career now where he wouldn't be starting every game anyway. I, it, there's a there's a nice like there's a there's a potential. I mean, he'd still be on stupid wages, but let's park all that for the for the fun of it all. Is like there's a there's a money ball value to someone who who adds. Uh, imperceptible value to your squads, and that is again on in in training, he doesn't allow levels to drop, and having someone who's got all the medals, all the experience, and that level of talent as well, parking the side, and, and I'm sure it'll be brought up because it was brought up when we discussed it previously. The baggage that you've got, all the there's all the racism stuff that goes with it, which I would not like to see brought up again, to be honest, because you know it's a it's a very dark period in Liverpool's history uh, in and around how we handled the Suarez stuff. But if you judge him as a footballer, I, I Chris, if this was Footy Manager, there's no world in which I'm not signing Luis Suarez on a free transfer. Lad, I'm Cardiff Manager in my save, and I signed Andy Carroll. So let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a 33-year-old Luis Suarez for everything that you've just said to him on the football side of things. Iron sharpens fucking iron. And he's in there training every day. Stephen Gerrard was talking on Sky Sports podcast the other day about how he showed disrespect almost for Jamie Carragher in training because he'd go in with fucking elbows to Carragher who played at the club for 15 years or something by the time um, Suarez had got there. And he's there and that's what you want to see. You want to see players improve in training and on the game and he wouldn't let levels drop. You're absolutely right, Paul. But I can't see past John's point. I think when it comes down to it, there's too much there. There's too much risk. Not not of upsetting the apple cars, because I don't think that's it. But I'm I'm a bit like, I'd love him as a football player. If it was a 33-year-old whose name wasn't Luis Suarez, who had all the attributes of Luis Suarez, I'd take him every day of the week. But it is Luis Suarez, and therefore, I'd be a little reticent to take it. Ben, what about you, mate? I think... Um... 
think I, I said I said this last week. I just think we've moved. I think we've moved past him. I think Paul Paul said one week we were talking about City and Messi, and he was saying you know that City have reached breaking point or like a point of desperation if they throw in a bid for Messi. I feel like this would be Liverpool if we needed to be. This would be Liverpool's equivalent of that, where you know if we at the moment had a struggling squad that wasn't anywhere near the top, and we just we just needed some kind of inspiration somewhere. We, it would just be that oh, we'll just throw all the money that we've got at Luis Suarez to see if we can get another couple of good years out of him. And I just don't think right now the way the squad's set up, I just don't think we need that. I think we've got experience in every position. Let's not forget that these guys now, you know, they're all league winners and they're all European Cup winners. They're all like you know they're all experienced players in their own right. And yeah, while. Some of the players like Minamino and, and you know Jones to an extent, and you know that yeah they're not detrimented by playing alongside Luis Suarez. They're also you know progressing pretty fine playing with Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, and Roberto Firmino ahead of them. And I think I think that's I think that's absolutely where we're at the moment. I think Suarez at the moment it would just be I just don't like going backwards. I yeah. just in life in general, and I just think I think that would be what Liverpool would be doing. I watched 45 minutes of Takumi Minamino play pre-season since since last week, and I um, I'm just more relaxed. Well, just seeing Brewster back and seeing seeing Minamino back and seeing the bits and pieces. But yeah, it is a pure. If it was just a, if I had, if I didn't have to worry about all squad all the all the things that go around it, it'd be mad not to. Because if he's going to go and play for Ajax. And if he want, if he was, if he happy to come in and be a squad, a squad member at Liverpool, then there's no one better at, in that bracket of like, well, maybe want twenty, you know, want twenty, get twenty odd games a season, maybe more. But you know what I mean? There's no one, no one of his caliber available in that bracket on a free as well. Like, there's, there, there will be someone's going to get astonishing value out of Luis Suarez. I just, I think, I actually think it's interesting because I think Ben's point is is is, is right. Is that. Liverpool, any Liverpool p- p- team in any other period of the Premier League would be all over this. Mm. But if Liverpool don't do it, I would be asked. If we did, I'd be like, oh, well, that's nice. But it's not something I would feel any sense of annoyance or heartbreak over if we if we missed out on Suarez on a free, whereas five years ago, like I mean, not getting a five-year younger Luis Suarez. I just mean like getting a getting a former club, brilliant, a brilliant former club player back. Like fucking hell, we wanted Gerard back two years ago. You know what I mean? Just to just to get Gerard, just to get Gerard back into the conversations about stuff. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I uh, no, maybe Arsenal will buy him for just a pound. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I would be I would be here all day for him getting <laughs> getting a lifetime ban from football when he, he bites someone to try and get out of Arsenal after. One season, um, yeah, I could very much live with that. Take a yeah, yeah. Anyone else on that um, that, that list, uh, Ben? You know, of, of, of Rakitic, Vidal, and um, Titi that you would actually would have a look at, though. I've always liked Rakitic. I think he's a really good player, really energetic, really smart. Um, he scores in the uh, I think scores in the 2015 Champions League final, but obviously he's done loads since then. Um, I think. Uh, I think he's. I think a couple of years ago, absolutely. But once again, I mean, I don't know how old he is now. How old is Rakitic? Uh, he no, is thirty-two. So obviously, for me, a couple of the years ago, again, if he's all over him, yeah, he has. He has. Um, I think got if, you, if you're looking, Serie A. Serie A. <laughs> he's, he's got Inter Milan written all over him because they're taking everybody that's a little bit past it. Um, I think he'll be. Yeah, <laughs> if you're looking at if you're looking at him when he's sort of Thiago's age, then you know absolutely. 
Um, but but you know even the, even the last couple of seasons have been brilliant for Barcelona. But I think he's been one of them players that has been fantastic to watch. And I think if you got a few of those performances out of him in a Liverpool shirt, that you know that wouldn't go amiss for me. But I think I think he's out of any of them. He's the one I go for. But even if I'm not sure, we I'm not sure he adds much now to the squad that, and the midfield that we've already got. Yeah, I think yeah. But, but... Rakitic and Vidal are probably well. Rakitic's definitely got Serie A written all over him. I mean, given that I can't, Chelsea surely can't buy any more players. If they get to get Havertz and Chilwell, Chilwell and Thiago Silva over the line, and you know they can't because Rakitic would be a, a proper Chelsea signing. Um, Umtiti is a proper Everton signing. Yeah, well, four choice centre half. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just old. I don't know if he's any good. That's the problem. I, I know he's been at master. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter to Everton. That's the thing. That's why you're Everton. You see that thing going around WhatsApp on um, on Friday night when the was the Europa League final was going on. Oh, let me grab this. Carry on talking while I grab this. This was Belter. Yeah, the the Uncity stuff is like I, I I'm aware that I'm aware of him. I know I've had him in countless Pro Evo games and I've had him t- t- in various situations because he's a centre half who's been at Barcelona for a while. But I don't know. It's like well, like Yeri Mina was a good example of this, wasn't it, Ben? Is that you know being at Barcelona is like is enough due diligence for for football teams of a certain level to go. Well, if he's good enough for Barcelona, he's good enough for our shit club, isn't he? Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Look at Gerard De La Feu as well. I mean, he was supposed to be all the rave when he arrived, wasn't he? So, yeah. Look, I, I don't know. I don't know much about Manchester. I know, like, is he French? Is he? I, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. So he's been in a few French sides. He's got a funny name. Other than that, I don't, I don't a, know anything about he's him. All, he's all right. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's all right. Like he's not. I wouldn't say he was world class. Like, but on a free transfer, yeah. Barcelona um, don't get rid of Barcelona, who have Gerard Piquet, who's seven thousand years old. They were looking to rebuild their defence. Don't let twenty-six year old centre halves go on a free unless they're not. They're just like, yeah, yeah. You're not the answer, mate. You are not the answer. Right. Well, so this this tweet that was going around um, the other night. Inter's lineup cost 180 million in transfer fees. Starting lineup. Sevilla's lineup cost 102.5 million. That's a total cost of 282.5 million. Sigurdsson, Walcott, Tosin, Schneiderlin, Balassi, Klarsen, Gomez, Awobi, Pickford, Mina, and Keane, 11 Everton players, cost a total of 289 million. Six and a half million pounds more than Inter and Sevilla's starting lineup in the Europa League final. I love that Davy Clarsen's thrown in there because he was just a waste of time, wasn't he? He was just absolutely useless. And I love the fact that he's been thrown into that tweet. That's brilliant. Yeah. Was Umani Ass in there? No, it could have, it could have, it could have oh. just as easily have been. Um, right, okay, so um, final topic this week coming from you, Dad. What you got? I just wondered what people's thoughts were on uh, the Champions League and the format we've just seen. I read an article yesterday suggesting maybe UEFA liked the fact that it was quite entertaining and there were lots of goals and all that. I'm not, I'm not too sure that the Bayern Barca scoreline didn't sway people a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting idea that, you know, from the quarters onwards, you play one-off games. I, I'm not sure how you would have a little tournament <coughs> excuse me, at the end of every season. Um, <clears throat> so if you were vacating two-legged games earlier in the season, maybe you could do. But what about the notion of um, 
quarterfinals and semis in neutral venues as one-off games. Can I? Can I? I am I'm dying to talk on this one um, because I think it's a fucking shocking idea. You know, I was doing a Twitch stream last night, and you take a semi-final away from me at Anfield, and I am absolutely fuming. You take a, an away trip at Bayern Munich away from me. And I am absolutely fuming. The, yes, it, it makes exciting football. Yes, it's slightly different. But don't we always think it's dif- difference is better? That's just like we're almost hardwired into it. It was exciting. It was nice. It was something a little bit different. But it's not fair. You're taking away from the fans that, that put them there in the first place. You're taking games off the fans. For what? For TV? For yeah. a little bit of sparkle? You you don't get bar- what happened to us in Barcelona in a two legged tie. You're taking something else away to take to bring something in. Just, well, just do you, do, you want to do, do it? You, do it with the Europa League. Do, do you, shit about that. Do you think the FA Cup semi final should be two legged then, so supporters have more chances? No, oh, fuck the FA Cup. That's a shit competition. <laughs> <laughs> but they also, yeah. Oh, sorry, Ben. The FA Cup is also worse for having. The, the semi-finals be at Wembley for having the neutral venue thing go on man. I was just going to say like Chris took so many of my words out of my mouth for me the two-legged ties are the absolute bread and butter of European football I think I think that you can't have it any other way I love the away goal rule because of the way it can change ties so quickly in second legs um, I, I just would be I like the idea of some kind of tournament they're on about a Club World Cup aren't they that, that would follow a similar format you know I, I like the idea but I, I would I, I would be so disappointed if they scrapped the European ties you know as, as Chris said you know last season you got two of the best ever European Cup semi-finals because of the two-legged format uh, you know and those teams are allowed to turn it around you know imagine if you go away it allows it allows for a team like Liverpool or anybody else to recover from a bad day. You know, you go away to Barcelona and, you know, a couple of them goals, we, we get quite unlucky with. The second one comes off the bar and then Messi puts in a free kick and suddenly we're out of the competition. And it's like, you know, you can then, you then got your chance to go and reverse it and, and do, you know, and make yourselves legends like Liverpool did that night. I just think to get rid of the, the two-legged thing would be, I just think, I don't think, I think people think that that's what they want, as Chris says, because it's different. But I think if you went a couple of seasons without it, people would miss it and want it back. I think neutrally it makes sense because you don't have to give up two nights of your of your life to see who wins something. You know, so if you just want to, you want an entertaining spectacle in a one-off form. I think it makes perfect sense for 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 TV audiences. I think that's you know that's that that is what it is. But it's a different it's a different competition. It's like watching the World Cup, or it's like watching like I said, the, 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 what do you want to do with the, with the Club World Cup? What you lose culturally to football by getting rid of two legs is the thing that's the big thing for me. Look at Liverpool Atletico, where you've got them doing the they did the greeting, you know, and they've got like the, the whole way was all lit up with flares and stuff. Liverpool doing the same to Barcelona. Liverpool doing it to Manchester City you get and you, and you get that so you get to showcase your power you get to show the world what you can do all the things around the thing that happens on the pitch but also look at what Liverpool and it's why it damages us and this isn't probably true for football fans of other football clubs and all that kind of stuff you know don't get to experience these things but going to travel to other countries and getting to so close what you were kind of alluding to with the buying thing Chris my best my best away experience of football was going to the, to the Alliance for that for that second I got to see a, a way of managing football and 
organizing fans and doing that stuff. It was a real, it was just a wonderful life experience to go to to go to that game. Being able to go and see different cities, meet different cultures, steal songs from the continent and all that. You can do, fans are still going to be able to do their own thing. I think football will always shift and it will always adapt. And you could have a variation on it, but it's never quite the same. You know, just getting to each city, getting the chance to show what it can do in it, 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 it over these things, I think is a is a wonderful thing that would be lost if you got rid of the two legged format. I mean, one you would still add two legs early early on. You wouldn't. It would only be the the, the last. Notch. Yeah, yeah. And but playing playing devil's advocate, it would also get rid of the away goal stuff. Mm. It would take away the advantage that the second leg teams have because you play extra time on your own stadium and all the rest of it. Having said that, I'm totally in agreement. Some of the best football matches I've seen in my life have been quarterfinals and semi-finals of of European Cups. So I, I, I think it's nonsense as well, but I can see the the powers that be who don't think like us could see attractions in it, you know? There's something you I mean, maybe it's the way around. I'd play the shit play the games that don't matter at neutral venues. You know what I mean? Go and do your go and I mean the Europa League Chris said it there. The round of thirty two, I mean my God. My good God. The round of 32 and the round of 16 of the Europa League, they're just like, oh my God, it's just annoying. Just like, get out, just go, get out the way, get through these. You know, they're just, they're just things to have to be done. I mean, look, getting rid of the two-legged format in the, the League Cup semi-final for this season is, a, is an inevitable and brilliant move in that regard. Because it would sound counterintuitive that we should be able to say, I really enjoy two-legged things in this regard. But in that, that is f- f- for the benefit that that gives. I don't, there's not enough, there's not enough I mean, benefit I was, to tax for it hate change so I wouldn't want to change it but I'm so hating of change that I'd really like to go back to only champions should be in the Champions League <laughs> that would be much more starting yeah, much more. this year <laughs> but the, 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 the thing that's annoying the thing that's wrong with the Champions League is not the the, the, the quarters and the semis it's the group stage the group stage is boring but but that's done because that's just done as a money making exercise. That's just done so you can guarantee that even if Barcelona have an absolute stinker, you get to televise six Barcelona games, and you get to, you get so you get your TV audiences and your sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I find it I find it worrying. But hopefully, once that they do do that new club World Cup format, it will it will satiate everyone's need for something like that at least. Um, until UEFA go, oh no, we really like that, and we'll, they'll, they'll eventually. Well, actually, they're, they're, they're also under threat from this continued uh, European Super League thing, aren't they? And if, if there's if there's any thoughts of a breakaway from the big clubs, UEFA are going to be doing doing anything they can to try and offset it. Mm-hmm. I think they're also this is a bit of a mad point, like, but I think they're also under threat from the, just the way the world's going in general. I mean, I know you know I talk about the NFL a lot on here, but I think there are some some good tangents to be done. They're trying to shorten the games in the NFL because they're too long for young audiences, and young audiences don't seem to care for a four-hour-long game. A little bit different with football, but you know when everyone's got so much that they can do nowadays and shift the focus, and they've got phones and they do all this. Actually. You know what? To keep the sparkle in the game and to keep fans interested, maybe they just want a few less games. Now that seems mad because they also just want all the games. <coughs> so, the but they Americans, want the games, but they want to make them exciting the in those games to keep the audience. Bigger goals because you've now have bigger goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Isn't it? so, Americans don't, don't listen to anything the Americans do. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I, I, you're right. There's very much that thing at the moment. Isn't it? It'll be a conversation because everyone was so blown away with that, you know, the single leg form. Because it was, it was just, it was, it was a, a very exciting way to do things. But like, it's and the thing because it means everyone goes absolutely hell for leather for it and stuff. And I, I agree, but that doesn't stop. I think that changes in, in that it, it, it's a it's a unique environment. I mean, the, the final ended one nil. That you know, I, I think if if you'd seen a, you know if we'd seen something mad on that, I think it would have almost been inevitable because someone would have gone, "We've cracked this," or "We've definitely cracked this now." Like, but I think when you have it all or nothing, I think it's a, I just think it's an exceptional set of world circumstances. It wouldn't be that normally because if you had it during the season, because you're still going to go and play your league game at the weekend, mm. or you're, you know you've still got to play, you've still got other games of football to play. Barcelona, you know, or Bayern Munich were just ready; they, they would they geared themselves up for this to be able to throw absolutely everything at it to make sure that they won it, unlike any other situation they've ever been in before. I'm not sure that happens in the in in the real world because it just it just can't so yeah it's an interesting one though very 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 interesting one indeed and um, we've got a question to wrap us up um quinton jansen i'm going to tie this into the champions league conversation i think um because i think it'd be interesting because obviously we, as you say we don't know when the champions league draw is just yet and hopefully by the time by the time the champions league kicks off there's a, there's a chance we will be allowed back in stadium as well which would be great but quinton jansen asks a destination city or country that you still want to visit chris um, not non-football. It's New Zealand. Um, I don't know why. It's just a country that I've wanted to go to for absolutely ages. Um, looks amazing. Uh, they've clearly got a really good prime minister as well. Um, she's right on the ball, and and it's just a well-run country with nice people and stuff. So and and look absolutely amazing stuff that you can do there. Um, I think from a destination city or, or football and thing, uh, maybe not as. Uh, Easy for Liverpool fans to go to, but I think I'd love to. I'd love to see Juve live and mm-hmm. in in their stadium, as I would have loved to watch the game in the San Siro against AC Milan. Um, so yeah, th- those are the two big ones for me. Yeah, Ben, and um, I, I, I was just going about. I was just about to say Dortmund actually, because um, obviously I've not done much of Germany. Um, but I was robbed of seeing um, Inter Milan in the San Siro in February because of the blinking virus all kicking off. I was out there and suddenly it was cancelled. So actually, the San Siro, because that's going to go, isn't it? They're going to demolish that and rebuild a new one. So I'd definitely like to get back out there to see a game. Um, preferably with AC, actually. That's a, I think that's interesting because I think some people have... There's a um, some people lean towards more AC and more Inter. I, I lean to I think because of the history that we've got with the AC Milan and the, the great sides that we played and obviously beat once. Um, I, I've got more of a you know a, more of a liking for AC. I quite like to go and watch them in the San Siro before that goes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Dad, what about you? I have, I have two, <coughs> which are places I'd like to visit. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Japan being you know one of them uh, with totally different culture um that's really that's on my list the other one and it would do as a football one as well as argentina wow. i really love to go to buenos aires and um to see that you know the, the, it's a very sort of italian culture even though they all speak spanish yeah um and of course they're all football mad yeah i would love to go and do a, i would love to go and do a club world cup 
in a South American in a, in a major South American football hotspot would be would be absolutely amazing. But I just on the, on the European stuff, like I, I missed I missed out on the Dortmund stuff in the the Europa League. I w- I'd love to go and see that just to see that in the fleshy Liverpool go there. Particularly now that they're, they're, they're you know we're, we're at the peak of our powers, be lovely to go and to go and, and and see that in the flesh. Let me know yours in the comments if you're watching this live. Uh, if you're listening after the fact, um, you know unlucky. Just shout it. Just shout it out. Scream it. Open your back door and just shout it into the back garden. Um, yes, we've got loads of stuff coming up for you. Uh, we have got the Reds Transfer Roundup Show, which I've mentioned already. So, yes, for you club captain and club legend, uh, YouTube members, that will be live for you following on from this live po- uh, podcast or available uh, on demand after the fact. Do go over to the RedmenTV.com, though. I can't stress this enough. And go and watch our three-part season documentary. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. So, uh, size really raised the bar on that. And there's some great stuff, uh, additional stuff around there to keep you fully occupied as we gear up towards another magnificent season supporting your mighty Reds. Um, yes, other than that, thank you very much. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it at home, watching and listening. Um, and thanks very much to the wonderful cameo star of this podcast. <laughs> Um, and we'll be back with another podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs>